Why don't we uh, begin with a word of prayer? Our dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, O Lord, uh, for your uh, word, uh, the truth that truly reforms us and reconciles us to your name. Lord, bless us in your word as we study it, uh, knowing full well that though we have your word, there is uh, also uh, that struggle. Yet, uh, by this very word, you set us free. Bless us, O Lord, this day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, continuing on here. Um, yes, uh, if someone could read, uh, I, I think we ended after verse 8, didn't we? Did we end on verse 8? Okay, so if someone could read 9 to 11 for me, that'd be great. Uh, sure. Where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was provoked with generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. All right. So, so again, you know, when we talk about uh, the Hebrews, uh, the writers always looking back to uh, their, their forefathers, uh, the, the generations preceding them, uh, and, and he's giving them the, the cautionary reminder of what can happen uh, when, you, uh, when you fall to unbelief, right? And, and here we see again uh, the great tension that as you walk in this wilderness wandering of life, that, that is a possibility, right, uh, to, to turn from God. Um, that there is a possibility of uh, a falling away uh, from God and His Word. And here we see that there is consequence. You know, we, we look at the, if you check the Genesis study uh, uh, during the week, we see the consequence of Adam and Eve. There was indeed a consequence. It just, the Lord didn't just simply say, um, uh, never mind, I won't give you that consequence. But there was, right? And for the Israelites, there was also a consequence consequence, their ultimate rebellion was, again, at Kadesh Barnea in the book of Numbers, where they're, uh, uh, we talked about it, the spies, we can't go in, let's rebel against Moses, look what he led us out here, and it's gone, it's gone to nothing, and we're just going to bail on him. And uh, here we see, uh, finally, God, after all the patience, right? It wasn't like this was just a quick strike of you're not entering. I mean, there were so many moments where the mercy of God was being shown to them in many miracles and many provisions, man and quail, water from the rock, you know, all these things. Uh, yet they still, of course, the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, if you go backwards even more, the Passover lamb, if you go backwards even more, um, being enslaved and now being set free by only God in his grace. Uh, there they, there they, um, Turned. Now, I guess the question is, before we go into the new handout, um, oh, is the coffee off heater now? It's turning off. Oh, it's turning off. All right, I should get some. Um, but uh, uh, what is it? Now, how, in, in, our, in our present day and age, um, when we talk about turning from God, what does that look like? I mean, for the Israelites, it was... Grasshoppers, we are. Let's rebel against Moses, we're done. But in our present day, if we see parallel that struggle, what, in our contemporary time, how does that look? We're not talking grasshoppers and giants, right? Usually when we're talking about turning away from God. <coughs> but what are people, 
What is that progression that you've seen, maybe in yourself in moments of life, but also in, in the world or maybe in other people around you? How does that look? Um, any thoughts on that? Now, how does that look, Don? When, how does that come out when someone doesn't stay in the word? What, what is their, uh, not excuse, but their, their, uh, their... I'm too busy. I have other priorities. Um, there's distractions. So, if that's the case, uh, where do they rest? What is their rest if that is what they're saying, hypothetically? Um, stuff, often. Stuff. Stuff. It's self-reliance. They're relying on themselves and not recognizing that they're really kind of fooling themselves. And I was thinking about the fact that in, <clears throat> me, in the um, Old Testament with, with Moses, that the people, it was clear the way that they fell away from God because they worshipped an idol. They created an idol and worshipped it. Exodus 32. And That's right. not much has changed because we create idols too of our own making and we worship them. It may not be a golden statue, but it's probably something even harder for us to let go of. And more deceptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's our pride and our, again, our acknowledging that we can do it on our own. And it's ourselves as our greatest idol, right? Cell phones. Uh, what? <laughs> can't I take that to heaven, Lord? Do we have Wi-Fi up there? Because if you don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's no Wi-Fi in heaven. There's no Wi-Fi in heaven. I know that. I, no, I know that for a fact. But, uh, <laughs> Even if you watch the progression of children's Never did they, they used to have games on Sundays. So instead of saying the league is full, we're not doing any more teams, they make more teams and to get them all to play, they have to play on Sunday. And everybody gets a trophy for showing up. Yeah. I like trophies. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing, and it, it could be sports, it could be, I know for my kids, um, it could be the priority of academics. It could, I mean, it could be anything. And those are all, they have their place in life, right? They do. Uh, we want our kids to be smart uh, so that they can love their neighbor in the best way. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's what we do, or that's what we teach. And, and, uh, but it, it becomes what? The golden calf when it says, oh, if I, if I get better grades, if I get a better, if I get higher in that academic realm, I get a better job, and I get more money, and I get my greenhouses all set and secure, and I have my security. And I was telling Emily this, I think, at confirmation on Wednesday, like why, what is the life of vocation and what that looks like? So it's important, um, again, so many different ways that we are distracted. And, and again, for the Israelites, uh, we talk about self-reliance. Their same thing with self-reliance. Uh, they, they turned because of it. So it, it's very, uh, I think, when you talk about people in your life, I think what I find most common is that people simply, if they're saying what Don is saying, which is very common, right? Because we've said that before too. Trust me, it, there's periods in our life where we can all agree where we said what Don said, right? 
um, it's easy to just kind of rest on uh, just this kind of general platitude, oh, I believe in God, as if that's, what's the word? As if that's a justification of why the word has just kind of disappeared from my life. Like you just believe in a, in a Hallmark God, <laughs> you know, just like a, you know, like you just have that general spiritual God that is out there and that's good enough. I mean, I believe in God. So I'm, you know, when it comes to his word, no, no thanks. Uh, I, I believe in, in my God and, 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 and I'm good and, and he's good and, and we'll just leave it at that. And, and again, you know, that's, that's, I think, a lot of times where people kind of, that's their consolation at the end of the day is just a belief in a, yes, you don't want it, you don't get the Kraft macaroni and cheese, you get the great value macaroni and cheese or the Kroger, Kroger brand, Ralph's Kroger, you know, anyways, um, yes, yes. Are oh, you like me? Said I had a thought, but it died of loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I'll think of it. Go ahead. Tom? Uh, I, I have an issue with the term self-reliant, because I think that's why this country is in such a mess right now, is that the American population is no longer self-reliant. And it's not that being self-reliant is a negative thing against God. I think it's a very positive thing against God. Like I look at my my um, wife's ancestors, who were island farmers. They went, they worked in fields. They were dependent on God to bring rain to grow the crops. And every Sunday, they were out at their little Lutheran church, um, honoring God, reading the Word. And all that good stuff. And Sundays, some days they had to go work the fields sure. because of the time of year. But overall, they were very reliant upon God, and but they were self-reliant upon themselves. And I don't see that in our culture anymore, where we all, well, so many people are dependent upon the government and not looking to God for answers. And I think that's part of the problem. This country's in the mess that it's in now. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, when we talk about self-reliance, Tom, it's, it's more of trusting in ourselves rather than God. That's the self-reliance we're talking about. There is that call, you know, every, uh, I'm the vine, you are the branches. There is that call as God works through us in our vocation. So in that example of the farmers, of the ancestors, uh, God, God gives them rain. They're reliant upon God. They trust in him. Though they are self-reliant in, their, in a sense of what they do by their hands, Ultimately, their reliance is upon God. Now, self-reliance we're talking about here is someone who turns away completely from God and trusts in self without God in the picture. It's just simply turning away from God and just saying, you're no longer... Yeah, so, so that's different than the farmers that you're talking about because their, their faith was in Christ. Their faith was relied upon God and all that he provided Israelites and this society in general, uh, I know we could go on that discussion of handouts and that'll be a, 
we probably wouldn't even have a Bible study if we went on that, <laughs> on that rabbit hole. But at the end of the day, in the spiritual condition, people are self-reliant in a sense where they don't trust God and his word, but rather they go to their flesh. They go to the world. They depend upon these things. And that's the self-reliance we're kind of talking about. So there is, I know what you're saying though, but there, there is a difference in what we are kind of discussing here. Yes? Uh, when you're talking too about why people turn away from the word, the devil's really been great at convincing people that the Bible is hard to understand, that it's hard to read. And so a lot of people don't... Well, or just that the language, they just don't understand. So there's a lot of people who won't even pick it up because their perception is that it's a difficult book to read, to understand, therefore I don't need to. And irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of stories written by a bunch of old men. Yeah, or or as Dave, uh, you know, he loves his cell phone, you know, it's, (laughs) I'd rather... uh, I'd rather watch another clip on YouTube about, um, I'm always into this thing. I don't have a dog, but, you know, when different species, like dogs and cats, um, I know that uh, too much information. When they, uh, these clips of, uh, <laughs> like a turtle or a dog get along, they show clips of these. I'm like, I'm so fascinated by like, how do, how do they get along? Turtles and dogs or cats and dogs, they're like, they're best friends. Anyways, you could go down that rabbit hole and say, I want to watch that versus, <laughs> or something else. I don't know. You're not like me. Of course, I'm. I love animals, even though I have a succulent. But anyways, um, <laughs> it's still alive, by the way. They're much less expensive. Yeah, they don't talk back. No vet bills. They don't throw up. Just soil. <laughs> or they don't throw up in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> or allergies, right? Uh, succulents have no hair. That's great. Uh, but, uh, uh, but I don't know. What are we talking about? Dogs and cats. <laughs> no, before that. Anyways, uh, again, you know, um, oh yeah, that's right, uh, the Word of God and, and <laughs> how, uh, how we are so getting away from that, uh, and that's why Bible study is important. You know, uh, the health of any congregation, as I always say, is how many people come to Bible study, and that's the bottom line, because this is where we are growing in God's Word and being rooted in God's Word. And, and you say the Bible's difficult. This is where we clarify those things and know more about Christ. And that's the bottom line. So Bible study is very important. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, that's actually one of the questions I asked uh, when I first came here on one of the interviews. I'm like, how many people come to Bible study? Because that's, that's an important indicator of a lot of things about any congregation. So, um, but you know, it's also fun. Because we laugh a lot, but we're learning. And it's, it's an enjoyable thing. I mean, I think people think of Bible study as being, you know, very staid. And the Lord said, and, you know. And I like that voice. Not, <laughs> and it's not that way at all. At, at least any of the Bible studies I've come to at this church have never been like that. They're always enriching and, and like, aligning. Well, I, I think part of it is still back to the deception problem. Is the Bible difficult? It can be if you want to make it that way. But if you remember one fundamental principle about the Bible, it's about Jesus. And I don't care where you open it, it's about Jesus. 
And if you're not seeing that, you're reading it wrong. Okay? It's that simple. So, you know, you get this, oh, it's so complicated. No, it's not. The problem is, if you dig in here, yeah, it might be. You know, you can pick a verse out of Ezekiel, and all of a sudden your head will start spinning. But if you start up here, as Jesus is what the Bible is all about, from Genesis to Revelation, and then work your way down, it's a lot easier to understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a good point, and a good segue into that. Why don't we... Um... <laughs> Why don't we go to verse 12? I want to start this new handout, at least. Uh, someone read verse 12 for me. <laughs> All right, so, so this is a, the writer writes this because he very well knows what's happening. Many are falling away or are being tempted into turning away uh, because he really does diagnose what happens when you turn away. And, and the greatest threat, as you look at your notes, is an evil and unbelieving heart. What is an evil and unbelieving heart? Simply a heart that has turned and become blind to God and his word. Right? And it happens, right? It, trust me. Uh, uh, when you stop hearing and, and studying God's word, uh, this, this, this can happen because we, we know our flesh. I mean, the Israelites are our great reminder of how when we walk through our wilderness wandering, how easily uh, if we stop hearing, if we stop studying, if we're not in that word, we too are at risk of, of turning that way too. It can happen because we know our sin. I mean, if we know who we truly are. Uh, uh, we, we know how that is definitely a possibility, and he is giving them a, a, a great, what's the word? Uh, uh, he is uh, urging them uh, to, to be led by the living God. Now, again, question here, actually, um, uh, as Luther wrote here um, in volume 29 uh, of his writings, therefore the apostle means here, when he speaks of falling away from the living God, for no one falls away from the living God when one falls away, or for one falls, not no one, for one falls away from the living God when one falls away from his word, which is alive and gives life to all things. Yes, is God himself. That's life. Therefore, they die. He who does not believe is dead, but falling away comes about through unbelief. So right there, for one falls away from the living God when one falls away from his word. How does he describe it? The word, which is alive and gives life to all things. Now, Back, back when we talked about the Bible, like I don't want to open that up because uh, it's too complicated or there's just too much there to kind of dig through. But when we see, as we t- talk about Hebrews 4 eventually, uh, the Word of God is living and active, right? So when we study God's Word, when we hear God's Word, this is, this is uh, the living Word that, that comforts, that guides, that strengthens us in our wilderness wandering, our pilgrimage as we wait for his return. Right? That's, I mean, we, we talk about Bible study as fun, right? <laughs> and, and it is a joy to, to be here with you. I'm not saying that it isn't. But, I mean, in that funness, funness, in that funness, um, in that enjoyment, uh, the living word is being bestowed to you. So rather than like, rather than like, okay, it's time to go to Bible study. Right. It's, this is the living word that, that enlivens us, 
because we're not hearing this on our smartphone. Well, if you have the Bible app, I guess, or if you're watching a YouTube clip of <laughs> Faith Lutheran Church, More Park, California, all of our devotions, please check it out online. Anyways, uh, but uh, if you're, <laughs> I mean, if you're not, I mean, you know, but, but when we study this word, it's not some old, some old guys that wrote it, right? It's the living word inspired by God breathed, giving us life. There's something happening here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have half hands. <laughs> Chris, bold, yes. Uh, um, it, it's saying like an evil, unbelieving heart, but a lot of people are critic- people, Christian people that are really close to the Word of God and are, are counseled on what He teaches us on. It's looked at from the outside world and friends that are from the outside world as you being narrow-minded. Sure. And, and not and. and those people are looked at as to be more tolerant and loving, and you're looked at as being, well, it depends. But anyway, it's so misunderstood when you're in the Word of God sometimes. Yeah, because, because right there, the old Adam in them, too, in their flesh, they don't like the boundaries. Yeah. Uh, they don't like anything. It seems living. It seems constricting, if anything. The Bible is constricting. That's right. They have accepted the social wars, which expand and change and warp and deceive. And it's really hard to, well, of course, we're loving Christians, but it's hard to, and you can't convince either, really. I know, but then when they meet Krista Klotz, it's like, that's right. This Christianity is full of love and care and grace and forgiveness. See, that's the declots factor, you know? They bring something new to the table, you know? Well, you hope so because we're ambassadors for Christ. That's right. And we want to we want to help everyone love Jesus and experience him and accept him in our lives and let him be our master. Let them have him be their Lord and leader in their lives. Sure. Bottom line, prayer and everything. Sure. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I, I loved the terminology that you used about not that it's just alive, but that it's active because of all that that word yep. embodies. It's, you know, it's one thing to hear, well, it's the living word, and all, but when you think of it as active, it's still happening. It's, it's current. It's every moment. It's not just something that was written a while ago and that we believe in. It is something that is happening right now. Yeah, it's not just simply a history book that happened then, but the, the word continues. And, and trust me, all of you guys, right, have a lot of things this week, a lot on your mind, right? Whether it be your job, your family, uh, your, your personal dealings, even your, your, your sufferings and struggles in so many different ways. But when you're in that word, uh, it really does get you back to the truth and, and, and who you are and, again, what you are defined by and how you are shaped and, 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 and the joy and the blessing of, of, yeah, that's right, all this stuff is happening. But then when I'm in that word, it gets me back to who I am as, adopted, as an adopted uh, 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 child of God, all covered by his blood, and, and there I am in his word. And that's I think that's where that living and active word really does shine through 
Because trust me, um, I, study, I study this all the time, right? That's kind of like my job, you know? <laughs> but like, I need my own personal reading time as well. Like, I can, doc- I mean, I can, not doctor, but make these, make these notes. Um, I, I, it, takes, it takes a lot of brain power. My brain is um, not as, I don't know what the word is, the pistons. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tom. Thanks. Uh, I, they, it needs a lot. It needs a lot of energy to kind of move, you know? So uh, a lot of deep thinking this, these notes take uh, to really go and read and, and read and write and do all these things. But, but uh, trust me, it, it takes, I need my own personal reading as well um, to study uh, for my own feeding. So this is, uh, again, uh, it happens to all of us, uh, even especially pastors. Uh, we, we, many of us as humans fail to, uh, to be devoted in that sense of our own personal being vigilant in that personal reading and, and study and devotion um, because we're so busy doing everything else. So it, it's a constant, I think. No one is immune. I guess that's my point uh, to, to remembering that this is the living word that gives us life rather than, oh, we have to go to Bible study and, and do all these things when, in fact, this is what's really happening, right? It's the living word. So, again, the question is, what is in the importance of the living word? I think we kind of went through that, and, and that's why you're here, right? Um, <clears throat> to, 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 to have that living and active word in your life. Uh, verse 13, verse 13, so could read that. But encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. All right. So why today? Why not tomorrow? Ah, let's go wait for tomorrow, you know. I mean, football game's on today. Rams versus Texans right now, 10 o'clock. Today is all you have. <laughs> That's right. Who, what, what is going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow, Dave? I mean, exactly? <laughs> Yes, good question. Yes. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. That's why you only have today. That's why they call it the present. Got it. All right. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, or as the Bible says, you know, today, uh, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough trouble in itself. And uh, today, so this, what is, what is it about today that... What does that say about the writer's tone here, about today? What does that say about his important and urgent, right? And there's that, act of, there's that sense of vigilance. Like, you know, uh, yeah, I, and, and I know this is kind of like I was talking about my kids, but it's like I always look at them and say, you know, this time I have with you is going to be so quick. And it's going to fly by, right? It does, right? It flies by. I mean, Elliot's 10, and you might laugh. Oh, he's only 10. But trust me, he was like only one like yesterday, right? Uh, so it's like you just never know where the time goes. But today as you live it, what is it about today right now? Because trust me, we're always as humans doing what? Looking to tomorrow. Like we don't see the present for what it is. And what do we need right now? And the writer is saying, this is what you need today because he knows the what the the spiritual though the battle has been won by christ jesus the devil doesn't stop and that deceitfulness of sin is what what does sin do it 
we talked about last week with the callus, right? It, it hardens the heart to the point where what? What happens to that callus? You stop feeling. You're not even aware. You're just completely blind to what, what is there, right? And um, that is with the word too. So when we talk about the platitudes, as we talked about earlier, that's always our go-to, I think, as humans. But when we look at the scripture today, we know that those platitudes really don't have a play in, in, regards, to, in regards to our own consolation and our self-reliance. It just doesn't, it'll always end not good. <laughs> it'll, it'll be with terror and, and dismay and bewilderment and wondering where we are. And, and here the writer saying, be vigilant, right? Because the devil is real and his job, and he's really good at it. Like, he went to, like, the Ph.D. school of how to deceive humanity. Like, he's the, he's the CEO of that school. He knows every strategy and every way to which he can turn us. And here we see the writer saying, yes, this is what can happen. So encourage one another, right? As a body of Christ, and I, and I say this, if you haven't seen someone in church for the longest time, pick up the directory and call them. You might not know what to say. Trust me. When I call sometimes, I'm like, what am I going to say here? How am I going to? But just say hello. Just say hi. How are you doing? Don't, don't go ahead. Where have you been? <laughs> I've been telling your attendance sheet in my mind. It's been two months. Where have you been? Right? Uh, Jennifer's not going to call someone. So uh, where have you been? Uh, no, just say hi. Because what is at stake here? The Hebrew writer is showing us what is at stake. So, and I say that because, I mean, I, I can call everyone, but they know why I'm calling. Where have you been? I, I never say that either. I just say, how you doing? And it usually progresses to them telling me, yeah, I don't ask. They know why. I, I don't even have to say it. But for you guys to, to call one another, because you know... We Yes, yes, because we know, see, it's not just check, I mean, it's very important that we check in on each other as a family, but we know that, it says right here, this is, we exhort one another every day as as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness. We know what can happen because you and I are human. I mean, we are redeemed in Christ Jesus. Hebrew Christians as well, redeemed in Christ Jesus. But yet, what happened to them? Many started to turn away. And this COVID has done that. COVID has done that to many people in this world. Turning away, uh, it's almost like that family tree we have. It's like, I know it's only a decal, but if we could shake the tree. Um, if you've ever shaken a tree before, I don't know if you ever shook a tree before, but if you ever shake it, you always wonder what's going to fall down, and, and it happens, you know, it happens because we, we know, we know what sin is. But, can I share the picture story last week? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Trump family was standing over here eating cake. And we had I wasn't. Cake. You weren't there, but everybody else eating was cake. here eating cake. And Robert, and I wanted to take a, I, I saw this moment because they were all standing together, so I'm like, oh, let me take a picture. And so I started taking pictures, and Robert was standing over there. Oh, we saw this, and and he said, "Oh, 
can I be in the picture too? Oh, okay. So he comes on over and he's in the picture. And so we snapped some pictures. And then as last night as I was, you know, cropping and everything, I the family trees in the background. And I'm like, this is this is perfect. He he wanted he was in part of he's in the family and the family tree is in the background and we're all family. I don't know, I just thought it was so <laughs> yeah, I'll send you that picture, Tom. I know Robert was, uh, he had a good smile on, he has a good smile going. And uh, yeah, just, we're just so blessed uh, not to get all sentimental and teary eyed, Tom. But uh, we're so, we're, it's so great that you, you all are here with us um, at Faith Moore Park. So, what a great, yeah, again, great thing. But here we see that exhortation again. So, so you, know, you know what is at stake, you know the risk. Uh, you know the dangers, and therefore um, we exhort one another. So again, you know, if, there's, if you ever have in mind, oh, I wonder how they're doing. It's been a while. Just don't even ask anyone. Just call and say, hello. Hi. Uh, why are you calling? Oh, I, I don't know. I just want to say hi. I miss you. You know, it's been a while. And I just want to say hello. Just want to see how you're doing. That's all. And, uh, you know, I think it might... This is what should be on our mind here because just like the Hebrew Christians, they believed in Jesus, but yet they, some of them turned away to their old ways. And we know what that's like and, and we know what's at risk. So, so here we know that deception. Um, and again, uh, as you look on your handout, and the urgency of today is emphasized for we do not know or we do not know when or if this is the last day, right? Do we? Can we assume we have tomorrow? Is that a guarantee, as Nancy said? No. I mean, I know tomorrow is usually my day off, so that's what I'm thinking. I might have a day off, and, uh, but you never know. Maybe it's a day off forever. <laughs> so the Lord returns. Day off forever. Wow. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Lord, come quickly. Anyways, uh, for in isolation, again, temptations abound as we are prone to be impre- impressed by the world the ways of man rather than the living word of God. So often we forget the word as we revert back to the sinful way of man. See, so again, what is the danger of isolation, right? I mean, I, I've told you this. Physically, there is a danger. You see people who are isolated. I've noticed that their age has, in, the rapid age increase has, in, the deterioration just increased as they're isolated, uh, physically speaking, but spiritually even more. I mean, there is a danger there where we become lone rangers, self-reliant, and soon enough, we're almost living out our faith with platitudes. And I've talked about platitudes a lot, but hopefully you get what I'm trying to say here. Just a nebulous, gray, divine being, God in general, and rather than Christ alone, the gospel, the cross, I know where I'm going because I'm covered by the blood of Christ, no, no doubt, baptismal life. The, the supper, it becomes something more vague. And you just, there's a risk there, right? Uh, a, a danger. So anyways, uh, the hardened uh, by the deceitfulness of sin, as you look at your notes, um, Luther says, first one, this is the, this is the progression. I, I love this right here. Um, Luther's one good writer, um, even though it was translated uh, by Pelican. But here, first one overlooks the creator, takes pleasure in the creature, and clings to it as though it were good. 
This must be understood in a very general manner as including even one's own righteousness and wisdom. For one owns righteousness and wisdom deceives most of all and hinders faith in Christ, since we love the flesh and the sensations of the flesh. Likewise, property and riches in a similar way. But we love nothing more passionately than our own feeling, judgment, purpose, and will, especially when they have the appearance of being good. And that's the platitude right there, right? We love nothing more passionately than our own feelings. I mean, how many people equate their relationship with God with their own feelings? I mean, how? There's a lot of churches that do that. There are many of these churches that use the so-called praise bands. And a lot of that is only for the purpose of elevating, elevating ascending feelings. And we're not saying feelings are bad, but when feelings are your way, it becomes your God. Uh, it becomes, and trust me, uh, Jeff likes roller coasters. <laughs> I went with him once. I needed a bag, if you know what I mean. No, it, it took a while to restore myself. I was in a haze that I never want to be in again. Anyways, but uh, 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 it's, it's a roller coaster ride, isn't it? Our feelings. So one day we might feel good and God is good, but then when we're feeling bad or despaired or treacherously terrified, oh, we don't even know where God is. Am I a child of God? I don't know. It's like that feeling-oriented that we become, I love this, love nothing more passionate than our own feeling, judgment, purpose, and will, especially when they have the appearance of being good. See, that's the switch of the hardness of heart where we become the the controller by our feelings, by our own perspective, ideas, opinions, judgments, thoughts. And we tell ourselves these are good. So that becomes our God. And soon enough, it's so deceptive that we don't even know it. Like we make God by these very, by these very means. And that's the danger of the deceitfulness of sin. So when we're not in the word, That's what happens as human beings. I mean, the Israelites, that's what happened. And for us, you know, if you look at your life and there was a moment in life, I know y'all probably had some time in life where you wanted to, um, you know, get out the wings from the cocoon and fly away and do your own thing. Um, I definitely had one in my life for sure. I'm not going to go deeply into that. But (laughs) the wings were definitely flying in the air. And um, when you look back, uh, that's what was happening. I mean, we didn't know it. I mean, that billboard wasn't in our face of feelings, judgments, purpose, and will according to what we think is good. But that's what was happening when we were kind of doing our own thing. And, and, and that's a deceptiveness that we, in the moment in time, fail to see because we are so into ourselves. That's, that's the nature of man. Um, and yet... Um, here, Luther really brings it out of that true deceit. Like deceit is so, what's the word? Deceit is so insidious, but very, very quiet and very subtle, not on the surface many a times. And there it continues to kind of be on simmer, just slowly to a boil to the point where we don't even know it's boiling. And there we are caught up in our unbelief, right? This is... This is how deceptive and deceitful this is. So again, you know, that feeling, judgment, purpose, and will, especially when, the, especially when it's the appearance of good, I, I think is, we, can, we know what that is. And, and that platitude is that 
is that picture of how we deal with a hardened heart. And we know that's, that, is, um, that is of no uh, success, of course. So um, as we go on to the second page of our handout, as a sinful nature surrenders to the ways of man, again, that's the hardness of heart. Uh, we continue on with the indifference uh, to God and his word. Uh, and there, again, um, we proceed even with a blurry conscience. And what I mean by blurry conscience is that goodwill, that feeling that Luther mentioned, that is what becomes of our conscience. And it might seem good, but still, you know deep in your heart, so blurry, so many questions, if that's what you're appearing to be good is all about, uh, because that's without the living word. See, the living word, that's what gives us life, a peaceable conscience, the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of sins, who we are as children of God, because we know um, when we're in the world, we're hearing so many things with your coworkers, right? You might hear a lot of different things on the news, whatever you watch, uh, 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 whatever you're taught by. Um, you're, you're, we're, we're, we're hearing so many different things. But when we're in this living word there, the Holy Spirit is strengthening us and pointing us to Jesus. That's what's happening, right? That's why... Um, you know, we are the church in a sense of hearing God's word. And, um, um, and, that, and that's what this is all about. So um, anyways, um, we have uh, minus one minute. We're over, but um, oh, we're not done yet. No. <laughs> and what a joy that is. The living word. 14 and 15. One more. If it was so, I could read that real quick. Or what a perfect verses, perfect verses to conclude on. Again, what do we see right there? A bookend of what? Do not, what is it? A do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. You see that in verse 8. You see that in verse 15, right? And why is that important? Because, again, he is showing us the urgency of what can happen, right? This is very important. So, so get the antennas out. Get the ears perked up like the dogs on YouTube when they hear that the mailman is coming. <laughs> Trust me, I, I do watch. It's, it's, animals are so cute. Anyways, uh, but, um, but here we see uh, that reality. But it says what? There is hope for we have come to share in Christ. I mean, that, that's the body exhorting one another, right? That's the family of Christ. We come to share in Christ, in Christ's baptismal. If indeed we hold fast to the original confidence firm to the end. What is that confidence you have? Is it in your feelings, in your judgment, or your purpose or will of your, what it appears to be good? What is your confidence? It is the living word of God. And at the end of the day, that's Jesus. That's why we hear God's word as the Holy Spirit works. This is what's happening when we come to church. We're receiving the gifts. God, God is working upon us. And there, as we lived our long week, there we rest in God's word, the words of Christ, and here we receive the very uh, gift of God, and that is our confidence. And your confidence is not self-made. Your confidence is what? It is the gospel. Right? It, is, it is the gift that he has given to you for the forgiveness of your sins. Right? This is, trust me, your confidence in the human self wanes quickly. Right? Your confidence is at an uptime high. You did something well at work. You're like, yes. But then, like, let's say as a teacher, because 
you know, I teach too as a, as a pastor, you, you say, oh, that was not the best Bible study. I could have done that better because you know, I always do that to myself. I'm super critical. I'm like, I could have totally talked about that more or that more. I should have hit that point a little more. And at the same time, it kind of ebbs and flows our confidence uh, of how we instruct, how we teach. Uh, but then at the end of the day, you know, uh, our confidence is not in ourselves, but rather in, in Christ and the blood that covers us. That is what we're talking about here in a sense of the hardened heart that is, um, uh, that by the word of God is, is, is a way. Uh, God, by his word, has, has given you the forgiveness of sins, and this is the word that you need to hear, uh, Jesus. That's what we do here at Faith Moore Park. That's the constant. You know, you know what you're going to hear on Sunday. You do, don't you? I think it's been a pattern for a long time. Um, a long time, hundreds of years, I, I can imagine. You know what you're going to hear, but why, do you, why is this so... Because this is the living word. This is the word that imparts to you the very words that you need to hear as a redeemed child of God. And this is our constant here, because trust me, if we're not hearing this, and I, I tell you, friends, you know, we talk about Christianity in general. Um, you hear what people say, being a Christian, and you observe what they say. And they say a lot of good things. They do, right? Like to be a good person, to love and serve in the community. All these things are good. But sometimes there's no words about Jesus. And there I am saying, yeah, that's right. Jesus did the greatest thing, and that is to forgive us of our sins. And and that is what you need to hear at the end of the day, is the gospel. So remember that. Your confidence is the resurrection. Your confidence is your baptism. Your confidence is the sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. And there you go, knowing uh, that, oh, wow, today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Bless us, O Lord, in these gifts, knowing full well that by your grace we are saved through faith, not of our own work, not of our own doing, that we may boast not in ourselves but in you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord, for your continued mercy as you guide us by your living word. Lead us by your spirit. Guide us in this faith. And Lord, through all things, grant us a firm confidence in what you have done for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.